Since you've been diagnosed with breast cancer, have you looked at yourself in the mirror and said, why did this happen to me? Well, you're not alone. I did too. But this is a time when you're given two choices. One, you let those four nasty words that you've been told you have breast cancer stop us from living. Or two, we can take what we've been given to us and use it as fuel on our path to healing, growth, self-discovery and to bring out the best of us and become the hero of our journey while we get to inspire others to do the same. Join my inspiring guests and me on our mission to help women just like you with what we discovered on our hero's journey through breast cancer. This is a place where we share all the tools and knowledge we've learned to develop the courage, resilience, mindset and self-love needed to start living your full life like you might never have done before. I am Grace DeAngeli and I welcome you to Breast Cancer Hero's Journey Podcast. Welcome home. Welcome everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today I'm going to be talking to an amazing woman. You know, most of my guests, if not all of my guests, have some sort of story to share in their journeys. And this is why I love sharing these stories with you. Today I'm going to speak to Jamie Sherlin. She is a joy seeker a drag ambassador, which I can't wait to touch on that because I love drag queens, and the founder designer of YDY. Now, if you're wondering what that stands for, simply you do you, which I love it. So it's YDY Suites, a closing line that she created for her sister who, you know, her sister is a breast cancer survivor, which is fantastic to hear. Uh, She lives in Wisconsin with her two children, When she's not working a day job, she's trying piles of clothes in a thrift shop. You know, those in Australia know that it's like your secondary shop. And sometimes you find some amazing clothes in there. And if not, she's screaming and surrounded by a bunch of queens. And I had the pleasure of being around queens and I believe that they're most authentic people out there as well. So having said all of this, let me introduce you guys to Jamie Sherlin. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you so much, Grace. What a beautiful introduction. <laughs> it was amazing. Like I said, when I read your profile, I was like, oh my God, I love tick, 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 tick. So, um, and I loved everything about it because it's just so versatile too. And this is what I love on my show. But um, having said that, Jamie, um, what I want to do is I want to basically, first of all, touch because you say that you created the um, the clothing line for your sister's breast cancer or other survivors, I believe. So if you want to touch on how did you get started with this? What sort of got you motivated to help those that are going through this in clothing line? And then we'll talk from there. Yeah, absolutely. So it is for my sister breast cancer survivors, meaning the larger community of survivors, my blood relative sisters, none of them have breast cancer, I'm happy to say. So it came up in a very unexpected way. When I first, I had had a double mastectomy. I did not choose to have reconstructive surgery. And after that, I was initially wearing prosthetics and I wore them for months. And it was a way, I think, to transition from this is my new body, but people don't really know it's my new body because I can kind of wear what I used to wear. And then I had six weeks of radiation 
and the radiation really burned my skin. And so wearing the prosthetics was not an option for me, at least. So I stopped wearing them. And at the time I was working from home, I just had a big t-shirt on and put on lots of aloe and lotions. And it was great until I needed to leave the house and thought, wait, um, oh, I don't care. And just left the house and just had my shirt on and no, either no one noticed or people noticed but didn't care. And I thought, oh, wait a minute, maybe, I guess, maybe I don't have to wear these prosthetics anymore. And I never really had to, of course. It just seemed mm. like the thing to do. And so I didn't want to wear the prosthetics, but then when I put on my clothes, they didn't fit right. And I think someone only would understand this if they are in our shoes being that the V's are too low, they're darts that you don't want, and the clothes, you know, for the most part, women's clothes are made for a person mm. who has breasts. And so if you don't have them, they're not going to fit maybe the same way. And so I was searching and searching, and at least to my knowledge still, there wasn't a clothing line that was made specifically for us, like it just didn't mm -hmm. exist. And so I thought, well, maybe I could do this. And so I had posted in social media and some groups with other survivors saying, if I did this, would you be interested? And the response was amazing. I did not and still do not know how to sew and I didn't want to learn. So, <laughs> but I knew what would probably work. Like I knew what fit would work. I just didn't know how to make it happen. So I ended up meeting with so many people. I met clothing designers here where I live, met with people at the local college and just learned a lot and ended up getting connected with a pattern maker after I connected with a dear friend, a dear friend who is a seamstress. She made my prototype. Then I met with a pattern maker. So then the idea is that the clothes could be reproduced from working with her. Beautiful. That is so great to hear because uh, there are so many women who decide, you know, to get the double mastectomy, um, but then they don't do the reconstruction. So, and it's it's exactly what you said. And uh, just touching on that quickly, there's a lady that I interviewed, Christine, who actually now don't I I can't remember a hundred percent, but it, it was either a a um like a wrap or like a ribbon of some sort and she decided to wear it like a boob chew top so to speak and <laughs> that's what she does so and she pulls it off like you know what I mean because like mm -hmm. you said most clothes are made in a situation where you got some room for the breast things like that and right. you know you don't want things just bouncing around and there's nothing holding it it just looks uncomfortable looks weird then you know and the thing is uh you know society can be fantastic but society can be very judgmental you know and they're always looking what's wrong with her you know nothing's wrong with me you know and um mm -hmm. so that's fantastic that you started that now just going back with your cancer in what year were you diagnosed with your cancer and if you are, obviously you are, not if you are, you are a cancer survivor. How long have you been a cancer survivor? So I, I was diagnosed in 2018, in the spring of 2018, wow. and I had chemotherapy, I had radiation, my port was removed on, in September of 2019. And I, this is the awkward moment for me because I don't know how to walk this line because I mm -hmm. am a survivor, yet I also, I have a diagnosis again. So I now have metastatic breast cancer. So mm -hmm. I'm actually in treatment again. So mm -hmm. yes, it's like, yes, I'm a survivor and I'm a patient. So yes. I am in 
chemotherapy right now. That is mm -hmm. why for those of you who are looking at a screen seeing me, that's why my hair is so short. This usually is, mm. I usually don't have short hair, but, mm. and I had done wigs and all of the things, but now it's, it's seeming like it's growing back at least for now. Mm. So that's where I am right now. Well, look, as I said, every day that you end up waking up and being on this earth is a day nevertheless. So you know what I mean? And it's a blessing. Mm -hmm. So you are a survivor and every day you will thrive to just be the best version of yourself. That's what I always say to people. This is part of the journey in life. Don't give up, keep moving forward. And touching on that, you know, the thing is, you know, I know that for myself, you know, obviously I didn't have to have a double mastectomy, neither one removed, nothing like that. I caught my cancer very early. Um, therefore, I chose a different treatment, but that's why I always say disclaimer, not that I, um, you know, write off Western medicine. I would never do that. They're here to this day with me, making sure that everything's fine. Um, but it's about the process, regardless which way you choose to go. So, you know, having, you know, seeing you already, you know, just getting to know you in the last sort of seven, eight minutes, I can already see the type of person you are and you're a type of person who moves forward. Uh, so what sort of, what could you, how could you inspire others who have just been diagnosed or like you said, you've gone through it in 2018 and then guess what? We found something, we need to do treatment again. So what would you recommend for someone who's going through that? I would recommend leaning on whoever you can, whoever that might be. Maybe it's a partner, maybe it's someone in your immediate family, maybe it's a best friend. Um, I Well, I, I was about to say something and now maybe I shouldn't, but I was going to say, don't lean on your mm -hmm. children. And I only say that mm -hmm. because if you have young children, I don't know that it's necessarily fair to lean on them. If you have Correct. adult children and they can mm -hmm. handle it, then, and you have that relationship, then sure. I mean, when I was diagnosed back in 2018, I do have two children and they were like early teens, tweens. So mm -hmm. for me, I don't, like I wouldn't lean on them per se, but mm -hmm. my best friend has been Iraq. She was there for me in 2018. She's still there for me now. And Beautiful. for for me, I've learned, I can feel supported in a lot of ways, but I think, and the sounds maybe doesn't sound very nice, but some people might just be better at supporting you than others. Mm -hmm. Meaning, and that can mean whatever it is for you. I think for me, I need to be completely honest. So if I'm having a terrible day, I want to say I'm having a terrible day and the person can just say, oh man, like, I'm sorry you're having that terrible day. I'm here for you. Whereas some, someone who might say, it'll all be all right and don't worry. And the whole toxic positivity thing, that is not great for me. No, I'm not. Am I saying those people aren't my friends? Of course not. Mm -hmm. But I might mm -hmm. just choose who I tell what to and who I really lean on the most. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I agree because you go through when it's quite interesting. Uh, you know, we always discuss it. It doesn't matter what sort of big event you go in your life, you know, uh, you find that the people who you thought would could be your, you know, your rock end up Unfortunately, not so much because, and that's okay. We're like you said, it's not that you're condemning them, but it's like, wow, okay, all right. And then you find others that reach out. You think, oh, it's it's a personal. Um, 
I guess it's a, a when I say it's an individual, an individual who doesn't know what has it, what to experience, what it feels like, doesn't know what to say, what to do. And sometimes, yeah, like you said, you know, you don't want those gun ho. Yes, get up. No, 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 no. It's like, you know, today I don't want to get up. I want to just stay in bed. I want to, you know, just think I just want to be, you know, and, and allow me to be that, um, you know, and that was the same with me, even though my husband had me up every morning out of bed regardless, but I knew what he was trying to do. He was just trying to break that pattern because he allowed me to go there, but he didn't allow me to unpack my bags and stay there. So, you know what I mean? And that's all it mm-hmm. was. So it's not that someone was just pulling me out of it because if you don't deal with it, it's going to come back and remind you later on in life. And that's when it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks and you're going to go, I didn't process this. So I quite like the way you said that because it's truly important um, to have the right group around you. I always talk about the, my dream team, which was a group of people in my, in my corner um, and things like that, which is really, really, you know, sort of important, but going forward now. So what have you, what are you doing in your life going forward to, you know, to, you know, help you through this journey? I call it a journey because that's what it is. It's part of the process. It's not a problem. Mm -hmm. It's what it is. Let's move with it. Let's grow with it. So what are you doing for yourself these days? Well, first, I want to comment. When you say your dream team, I would call them my inner circle. Perfect. Yes, so I have my, correct. my inner circle. I have lots and mm-hmm. lots of friends, and then I have an inner circle. Mm. And I feel like now it's really, it sounds so cliche and nothing earth shocking, you know, earth, earth shattering, but just living life every mm. day. Think And feeling all the feelings all the time. I am a very, very emotional person. I know Mm. I am. And, Mm. and I'm okay with that. And I think sometimes we feel, you know, it's not okay to be sad or it's not okay to be mad or it's not okay Mm. to be this. And I think that's garbage. (laughs) I think however you're feeling, you feel it. And like you said, if you don't deal with your feelings, they're not really going to go away. They'll just, Mm -mm. they'll stay there and it'll probably manifest as something a lot worse. So just taking each day, it really is one day at a time and feel how I feel, lean on the people I love, mm. find some joy. That's where drag comes in. I, yes. I love getting to see drag. It brings me a yeah. lot of joy. Yeah. You know, and having said, it's quite interesting because laughter is the best medicine. I know, again, like you said, it sounds like a cliche, but it is, it is. And uh, you know, it's it's actually been scientifically proven that laughter is good for the person. So I'm not saying that you're laughing at a drag queen, but you are interacting at such a positive, happy, it's an amazing feeling. Like I said, I also got to be around drags and I'm like, oh my God, I could spend my whole day around them, you know, because <laughs> um, they're amazing, you know, like they're, they're just, you know, they have their own little you know, downsides as well. But when they present, you know, it's there for entertainment. It's there for everyone to just reconnect as one and just have a great time. So I I really, I really appreciate what they do. Um, Like I said, I don't take the mickey out of it. I don't make fun of them. Um, 
because I know that they're obviously going through what they're going through themselves. But, you know, whatever it may be, because society judges them as well. But I love them. And like I said, I actually I actually used to live with two um a partner, male partners, you know, and and one of them used to dress up as dragon. I was like, oh my God, you look amazing. Um, but you know, and I think I think that's what, you know, that's really good to hear that you're just moving forward, you're loving life, you're creating the best life you can, because that's what it's all about, taking the best out of life, you know, taking everything, taking it. You deserve it. Um, so you know. Some of the questions you had here, um, you know, your career. So talk about your career. Actually, that's what I wanted to talk about. So touch on that. What is your career path these days? What are you doing? What is Jamie doing these days in career-wise? I am a campaign development manager. I work for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Mm -hmm. So yes, pretty much all of my life is cancer related, whether I like <laughs> it or not. But I joined as a volunteer years ago. I have a brother, Corey, who was diagnosed with lymphoma. And mm -hmm. after his diagnosis, I joined as a volunteer. So I was a volunteer for a couple seasons and then right place, right time. I joined the team and now I've been there for years and I actually just switched roles. So I'm now supporting a campaign called Students of the Year. So I get mm -hmm. to work with high school students and the teams that they create to fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Yeah. So what do you do? What do you actually do at the schools? Are you educating them? Are you um, getting students to sort of like, you know, uh, understand life or what 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 are you what are you actually doing when you go and visit because I think that's amazing to start at schools thank you right now we are not in schools you know the mm -hmm. world as it is Correct. and I started yes. a week ago so I, I in two weeks I might have a lot more to say mm -hmm. okay that's okay. That's all right. But I love the way that when we go back and we educate um, the people, you know, that, um, you know, the students, we start off with that. I think that's an, that's an awesome opportunity because when we start off with the people at school, you, you're already educating them about life in some way. Because I know academic academics is is what is necessarily, but I think we should teach life as well. So I yes. think that's a great idea. So it's yes, a, exactly. So I'm teaching them and supporting them about fundraise. So how to fundraise. Mm. Some of them have never done any fundraising in their life. So whether that means crafting a letter that they're sending to people they know, sending out emails, using social media, and then from there supporting them along the way, cheering them on when they have those wins. Oh my goodness, I just received a hundred dollar donation. That's amazing. And cheering them on. And then continuing to brainstorm more ideas. Okay, you sent the letter. Okay, you posted on social media. What else? Are we going to do an event? And I actually hosted a drag show benefit over the weekend because mm. my teenager is an honorary candidate this year and I was on their fundraising team. So we had a drag show benefit over the weekend. Beautiful. Oh, wow. So speak about that. So how did you get into loving drag so much? Because I mean, I know I did because I worked with uh, I worked with one of the guys and then I ended up living with them for a while. So I was sort of introduced that way. What about yourself? I was introduced in a unique way, probably for most people as well, because I met the first four people who are drag queens. I met them not as drag queens. I met them in their male presenting state. So I was mm -hmm. in a musical in a local theater company nearby to town and the choreographer 
happened to be a drag queen. I don't even know if I knew that along the way. <laughs> After the show was over, Josh sent me a text and said, would you like to be a backup dancer in a drag show pageant? Oh, wow. <laughs> I had That's never awesome. seen a drag show before. I had never seen an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. I knew that drag existed, but I had never seen it. And of course I said, oh yeah, yes. <laughs> so I said, yes. And so I met, we met, and then with three other people, Dayon Michael Jacob, who, again, so I met them as their male presenting selves. Mm. And then we worked on the choreography, practice, practice, practice. Then I saw my first drag show. Then I was in the pageant and it just went on from there. Wow. So that's what I mean. It's just, it, 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 I love hearing stories like that because exactly I met, you know, uh, you know, I can't say he's a friend cause I, I haven't seen him in probably years, but, um, but I met him working with him, you know, uh, and like I said, I just thought they were not, you know, just any other, I'm not going to say, uh, you know, normal, but any other gay couple. So, and then as I said, it's, it wasn't until I met the partner that he was also doing musicals and it was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So, you know, and that's when I got introduced as well. So, you know, like probably yourself, I actually got uh, personal um, little you know, performances at home as well, which was great to see, you know. So, it. yeah, they're the fun <laughs> ones, you know, behind all the scenes and everything. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, you know, he'd come out and, oh, my God, it was just amazing. Um, So, and I, and I give, as I said, it, it's, I think it's hard work to pull that off as well for them as well. I agree some completely. Of the, you know, but, again, I mean, someone listening is probably going, why are they talking about drag queens? We're talking about part of being one in life, going out there and enjoying your life and doing and seeing and being with whatever makes you happy. That's mm -hmm. I, I guess that's what I'm trying to put out here and this is what I love about it because, you know, as I said, I'm seeing your your um, your you know, I'm seeing your characteristics come out and I'm seeing how amazing you are as a person because you're not allowing your present situation stop you. You're going with it. And this is what I want people, this is why I have people like yourself on the show because I want people to see you and go, wow, this woman inspires me because oh, she just, last week she just did an event, you know, and in two weeks she's probably going to do something else and then she's got to do... I'm doing that. You're not running away. You're not escaping. You're just living. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. One and of, I really favorite, like that. One of my favorite quotes from a movie is get busy living or get busy dying, which I know can seem very morbid, but at the end of the day, I mean, I'm still here. So eh. I'm going to do the best I can to live. Cur uh, you know, look, the thing is none of us know, none of us know. Mm -hmm. True. So I always say that you could survive this and then walk out of the clinic. They're going to go, you are free of cancer. And then you get hit by a truck. You just don't know. You know what I'm saying? I hope it doesn't happen. Touch wood. But what I'm trying to say is you just don't know. So why not exactly? I agree with you. Instead of waiting, live it. You know, so, and I think that's really great. So one of the other questions you have here, which, um, I'm sort of not going in order, as you can see, <laughs> but, um, you know, so obviously you, prior to COVID, you like to travel. So was there any places that you look forward to traveling? I'm not sure if the U S is open to other countries. Um, 
and things like that. But uh, are you thinking of traveling? And if so, whereabouts is or what's your favorite spot to travel and have a holiday? My favorite spot ever, it's, it's where I was born, is New York City. It is my absolute, mm. absolute favorite place ever. And I did go there in August of this year. And it was the first, and oh, it had been almost two years, which for me is too long. I usually go at least once a year. And so going mm. almost two years was not good for me, not good for my mental health. So I went in August and I was there for 48 hours, but it was worth it. Mm. And yeah, my -hmm. next goal, well, we'll see how long it's going to take. It'll probably take a long time. But years ago, back in, I think, spring of 2019, a friend challenged me to a 50 state challenge for the United States. And it was to either (laughs) see a friend or meet a friend in all 50 states. Oh, wow. Wow. That's that I like. I actually like that because. My husband just found a, a gentleman who's got this seven, 75 day sort of thing that you do. And one of them is talk to a stranger. Mm-hmm. And I thought that is so good because we don't do that. We don't do that. We don't as human beings. And who's to say you can't find a friendship by talking to someone. So that's, I love that. I love that. Maybe I may, maybe like you said, <laughs> Okay, we can't, even, you know, we can't even get out of our own state. So maybe one day when I can even move out of the own, our own state, maybe what I could do there is exactly like you find a friend because isn't it amazing if you have them all over the world, you can turn around and go, guys, I've got friends all over the place. Um, how amazing is that? And 50 states, mm-hmm. I'd love to do that. <laughs> I'd love to be I'd love to be on that journey with you. If I could come to the US, I'd be like, okay, Jamie, let's go. I'm gonna meet someone as well. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Where are we where are we going next? Sounds about but it's great. So, but why why do you believe for you, why would it be such an amazing thing to do to meet someone and become a friend from around, you know, other states in the US? Just I am the one of the highest extroverts, I think, ever. I'm just I get energy from being with people. And Mm. as of right now, I'm working from home. I was working from home long before COVID. Mm. So that's part of why I had such a good social life, because I did. I had my days that I was alone all day. But then at night, that's when I would see friends or go out to dinner and go to a drag show. And so then Mm. COVID threw that through the ringer. So the Mm. idea now, I do have a lot of friends already all over the country because I've lived in different places and I've supported volunteers through my organization in different places. So I could look at a number of states on the map and say, oh, okay, I know Beth there. So I want to go see Beth and go to Denver, Colorado, spend a few days, see my friend. That is so good. Rejuvenated. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's so good because the... Yes, we all know that COVID, you know, uh, a lot of people say that um, uh, a lot of people say that COVID created mental issues and in my un-PhD opinion, um, I believe that people had underlining issues and COVID just brought them up. I'm not saying it's mental issues. It was just issues and obviously being, you know, on your own where you're not bouncing around and things like that, you had to sit with yourself and deal with it. And a lot of people didn't get the support when that happened, which is a shame. Um, and and that's the thing too because, the, you know, I, I, 
political view on a side and whether you believe in it or not and things like that it's everyone's up to you know it's their own opinion but human connection we were put on this world for human connection we were put on this earth to be able to communicate to be able to express our feelings like you said to one another there's no point staring at the wall and telling the wall how you're feeling it's great to express it and I could get so emotional speaking about that because like you, I'm, I get emotional. I'm like that too. Um, but, you know, for me, it's important. It's important to have that. And I'm, I, I would say I'm an extroverted. I don't think I'm an introverted. No, I, I couldn't say I, I was. I probably wouldn't get that either. <laughs> well, and you just made me think when I was working, I worked with a therapist during the pandemic, thank goodness. And, yeah. you know, I, we, we had a relationship before and then kept working together during, which was great. And I was really struggling with just being, not being able to be with other people for so much. Mm. And I, I sometimes was upset at myself, like, why is this so hard for me? And, and I won't quote her perfectly. I wish I could, but she said, what we are going through right now is just against who we are as humans. Mm, yes. Oh, yeah. When you put it that way, that's why I'm struggling. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I'm just touching on that. Like, you know, uh, if people are listening or watching and they're in a, in a country where it's, you know, they're in a lockdown, but they're going through a treatment like a cancer treatment and things like that. They can't be surrounded by family because, you know, the whole, maybe they might get COVID and things like that. How can they reach out to people? What, what would be a suggestion you would make where people can actually feel like they still have that connection what could they do i think it's different for everyone i feel like whatever they can think of that might bring them joy that's what they should do because mm. so i will say i did some virtual calls and you know thank goodness you know things some of the, the the streaming platforms and things that allowed us to be connected were great but i will also say that there were times that some of those virtual events it made me more depressed and I actually, I remember telling some of my queen friends and I just said, I love you and I support you and I love your drag, but I'm not going to watch any of your virtual things for a while because it's just reminding me how much I miss this. So that mm. wasn't helpful. But for some people, the virtual calls, FaceTime, however it might be, that might help you. So I would think at the end of the day is whatever will help you do that. Yeah do that I, I agree as well because like you said you know sometimes it could be even more depressing knowing that the person could be literally like uh, you know we 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 were you know uh where I live in Melbourne Australia we were in the toughest lockdown in the world honestly if there's a Guinness book of records we win it by far mm -hmm. it was more than I can't you know I'm probably misquoting it but I think it was either 245 days or 265 days in lockdown so and the thing was you weren't in in the for those that are listening from Australia and those that use kilometers it was five kilometers for yours it was 3.9 miles that was the maximum you can travel so imagine that's 3.5 miles it takes you less than 10 minutes to drive to that person's house yet knowing like you said you're you're skyping or streaming with someone and they're 10 minutes down the road and you think 
this is crazy, you know, this is, and, you know, and when you're going through some sort of a hard time, a trauma, you know, something, again, it's not just cancer, it's with anything. Sometimes you just need someone to sit in front of you so you can even hold space, what I call hold space, where you're able to purge, you're able to cry, you're able to shout, you're able to express what you want to do because things are tough. And, you know, and here you are on your own and you're thinking, oh, i got to do this on my own through a, through a screen it's not Mm -hmm. the same of course so you know and as I said it was um I found it that a lot of people struggled in times like this uh you know whether they were the beginning of their journey the middle of their journey or the end of their journey um and and I appreciate that too but your honesty of saying you know yes because a lot of people say yeah just Skype just call everyone but it's it depends. It depends. If it and if that's great for you, fantastic. Great. Mm. Lean in, do it a lot. Great. Yeah. And I think it's even okay it. to mm. I think it's more than okay to set that expectation with the people you love and to say, Yes, I want to do this time on a screen with you. Great. And then maybe a week later you think you say, This isn't this isn't gonna help me, you know, this isn't gonna be good for me let's try again another time or something like that. And hopefully if the person really loves you, hopefully they would understand and give you that grace to allow you to change your mind. Mm, mm, mm. That's right. That's right. Not force you to believe that because a lot of people like, you know, you probably heard it, you know, everyone's got the answer for what you have to do and what you're going through. Oh, just try this, just do this, you know, get to get to massive salmons and slap them over your head for five minutes, you know, whatever it is, you know, so everyone's got the answer. It's like, Oh, everyone's different too. people process Mm -hmm. what they're going through differently. So it's important important like you said is to understand them and respect them if they want to move forward great if they need to pull back a little great let them be um don't always constantly be hounding them you know you must you must you must um so you say you know one of the things there's a question here that I'm not going to ask you and I'm going to talk to you about it in the end because for me you're going to be around for a long time um so um yeah so when I saw that I was like yeah nah um so (laughs) that doesn't fit in my category (laughs) but I like the thing where you said how would your friends and family describe you I love that because so far I've already I've already made a uh conclusion of how I perceive you already um, and it's fantastic you know I always say to people I have a sixth sense about people and it's not seeing them dead Um, I just (laughs) connect yeah no I don't have that ability Um, but I I I connect you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. I see it so you know how would they describe you? The friends would definitely say I am very energetic I am loyal and I think a lot of them would say I'm pretty fun. Yeah. And what about <laughs> your, and what I believe so, everything you've just said, um, and your family, do they, they think you're over the top or they think that you're a wallflower? <laughs> they they think I'm over the top. They, they think I'm over the top. I think they don't maybe understand my love of drag and they're kind of like, hmm, okay. Like they just don't get it. But I think also they don't have an experience with it. So they haven't yeah. seen it for themselves. 
Well, maybe that's a, an invitation right there. Just tell them, by the way, here, meet me here. Don't tell them why. Because a lot of people, again, that, you know, we, we talk about the, you know, the misconception, you know, people mm-hmm. have this idea of what it is and it's like, oh, especially, I mean, not especially for men, but some men think, oh, they're going to make a move on me. No, they're not. It's okay. You're safe. You're probably safer there than if I sent you off to some, you know, madhouse where some chicks are having a hen's night you you're not probably well they'll probably like that more but you know what I mean you're not safer there <laughs> um you know what I mean it's like trust me you know you're um yeah <laughs> you're, it's okay they're not like that you know that I just go grabbing and touching everyone no you know, and definitely not you know not that and, and that's no, and I haven't either. I haven't no. either. Living with them as well, they never did that. You know, I never, you know, they never got out of showers naked in front of me or I, neither did I. It was just all private things, you know. It was just people mm-hmm. being people, you know, humans being right. humans. So um, so uh, I'm just trying to sort of because I really want, you know, I, I really want to bring out your essence, you know, and I really want our listeners to really get to to feel and see you because you're inspiring. You really are. So, you know, you, you know, how did, how did you, how did you go through the first diagnosis? And then obviously you come out of that. So were you diagnosed pretty much a year later or a couple of months later? Or? No, it was, it was about well, from September 19 was when my port was out. It wasn't in treatment at all anymore. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until really about maybe May, May, June of 2021. Oh, okay. Happened. So it was right. almost a, like a year and a half, maybe, if I can do that math in my head. Sure, sure. And was it just via a general checkup that it was found, or were you feeling anything, symptoms, or anything? I give my oncologist all the credit in the world. I, I love him as a human. And I was having a lot of back pain. And mm. I didn't. I did not make any kind of cancer connection at all just because, well, I had had breast cancer. I'd had all the mm. treatment. I don't have breasts anymore. And, and being, yes, we're in a pandemic, so maybe I'm not moving as much anymore. Maybe I'm getting a little older, but I think that's trash. I'm still very young. So mm. I didn't really know what was happening. And I was seeing a chiropractor getting some help, but the pain wasn't going away. And then I did have regular blood work. So I was just, you know, you get checked at various mm-hmm. points in time along the way. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing was my blood work was fine. And my oncologist, just being the lovely human that he is, just said, Man, how you doing? What else is new? How's like, how's life? I said, oh, you know, oh, my back hurts all the time. But other than that, and he thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm sure that was a huge flag for him. And Mm. then fast forward, then having multiple tests and then find out that. So there was a tumor wrapped around my spine, which makes sense. that that's why I was having the back pain. Mm. And then I have some lesions in my liver as well. Right. Okay. So, okay. So uh, obviously it was, it was the tumor in your spine picked up by an MRI or an X-ray or a PET scan, like that. I believe. I think it a was a scan. scan. Yeah. Cause right. I think it was one of those and we don't need to get into all this, but I will say mm. I was a little upset with insurance because, and I know mm. everyone has different opinions about it and I'm grateful that I have it, mm. but it was the first tests were denied. So my oncologist wanted 
a certain test and it turns mm -hmm. out no. And it was almost a month and a half before I finally had test to find it out. Mm -hmm. So I was a little mm -hmm. bitter and angry mm -hmm. there, but yeah. luckily we finally got the test. And it was one of those, I just had to jump through more hoops. Like I did mm -hmm. an X-ray and that was, well, maybe. And then I think a bone scan and that was still, mm -hmm. well, maybe. And I think then the PET scan or MRI, mm -hmm. I can't remember which mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. So I had to just kind of jump through a bunch of hoops to actually get to the diagnosis. Yeah, yeah. But the good thing is that it was found in time. Mm -hmm. You're treating it, you're moving with it, which is great as well. So I, I think that's that's really important because, you know, uh, and, and I'm glad that he reached out because also that's the thing with uh, with COVID. A lot of people refuse to go and see or follow up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big fat no, no, just, just oh, go and get sure. checked. You know what I mean? Look, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a peace of mind. And Absolutely. if there is something, let's nip it in the butt. Do you think, do you believe within yourself that you find that, you know, okay, I've been through it once. I'm going through it now that you find it a lot easier because you know what to expect and yeah and you have some tools that you could use from the first to the second or do you find it as a totally new way of looking at it and and dealing with it in some ways yes and in some ways no so i will say there is a comfort in knowing what chemotherapy is like and mm -hmm. what it's like sitting there and talking to the nurses and things like that. I'm so grateful that my team is so much intact. You know, I love that I have this oncologist that I've known for almost four years now that we can just have easy, just effortless mm -hmm. conversations and get to things probably much more quickly than if I were meeting new teams. That being said, I do find that metastatic breast cancer is definitely a different beast than the cancer, even though I had breast cancer before mm -hmm. the first diagnosis, my oncologist made a plan and we never diverted from it. It's just still mm -hmm. amazing to me. It was this many weeks, this many weeks, boom, boom, boom. Everything happened to the letter. Whereas now it's a bit more trial and error where it's, well, we'll try this and then we'll see. And then, you know, we're, we're kind of like just batting the cancer away. Like I have to sign things that say that they're trying to stop the spread, but I don't actually sign something that says they're trying to cure me because they're really not like this is, I will likely be dealing with this for the rest of my life. So that's mm. very different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, it's just a matter of knowing that, you know, uh, how can I say your mind, it's, it's, it's important that not to allow your mind to believe that, you know, like you said, just lay down and let it be, um, which is really important. And I think, you know, anyone who's listening in should understand that even though this is part of your journey that's tough, that just keep moving forward, you know, just keep swimming, you know, um, right. so to speak. Yeah, just keep swimming, just keep just swimming. Keep yeah, I like that. I think that's a great metaphor. So, um, so what are your pet peeves? What do you hate? This is the part I love. What do you love? What do you hate? I can't stand when people spell my name wrong. I don't know. It just drives oh. me bonkers. <laughs> and so I dislike it so much that there was a stretch that I would go get coffee someplace and I was tired of seeing my name spelled wrong. So I would just say my name was Emma because they didn't misspell oh. it. So if you ever saw me with a coffee cup and it said Emma, I did not steal Emma's. <laughs> I don't drink oh. coffee, but her 
chai latte. So yeah, <laughs> just, I it just, I don't like it. I'm like, I feel that like is... it's, especially in, if you just meet someone and they say your name and you spell it wrong, yeah. that's one thing. But like in a work setting where I'm thinking <laughs> you had to spell my name in the email. So but yeah. how, can't you spell it right, right below? <laughs> Well, the, the re- well, the reason I had just taken that, uh, uh, you know, I put us both on the screen is because your name is below and I thought, ah, did I spell her name wrong? But I thought, no, I you didn't. Did. I checked it three times. So <laughs> I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, you know, and, and that can peeve someone because obviously they would, everyone automatically knows how they're going to spell Jamie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, not necessarily, you know, it's not spelt the same. It's pronounced the same. It's not spelt the same. It's like witch and witch, you know, right. wood and wood. I feel like it's a, it's a courtesy to spell someone's name correctly and pronounce. I try, so I try really hard myself to pronounce and spell people's, that's, that's their name. That's their. How did I go? Identity. Did I fail? Oh, no, perfect. I passed. You sure did. <laughs> yeah. Flying colors. That was close. Um, but that's what I mean. And I and I get it. You know, there. So, what, so we saw something you peeved, but I'm going to ask you, what's something you love? Something I love. People you can be yourself with and laughing a lot. And there yeah. are a few people in my life in particular that it doesn't. And we could be going through a hard time. Well, not like together as our own personal relationship, but like in our lives, we could be going through something really hard or struggling, but yet we still have a way of talking that we end up laughing and end up just being there for each other. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree. Cause I, like we said before, and we'll probably say it again, you know, laughter is the right medicine to have. I believe that so much. Why, why always stay depressed, you know, no, but no, thank um, you. Yeah. So tell us something interesting about yourself that no one else knows about you. Oh my goodness. I have to think about that. I'm such an open person. I'm kind of an open book that I feel like <laughs> not much is left to left to not knowing anymore. Well, this is something that it's just, it's an old thing and mm-hmm. some people know it, but the bigger world that I was a backup singer in a rock band in college. Wow. Some so... people are surprised by that. Wow. So it was, uh, what sort of a rock band was it? Kind of like acoustic, like guitar, drums, mm, nice. kind of acoustic, like not hard rock. So like acoustic yeah, yeah, yeah. rock. And nice. I was a backup singer in it. There you go. So you can sing. Backup I can singers. Ish. <laughs> I don't uh, have as much practice as I used to. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Maybe your voice is definitely a muscle. But if you don't work it for a while, maybe isn't as good as it once once was once upon a time. Yeah, I'm sure it's better than me. You know, I I I try and sing, and then I always joke to my husband and go, "Do you think I should become a professional singer? Trust me, <laughs> I will make cats run away." So you know, and that's being nice to myself. So you know what I mean? It's uh, I don't have a voice of an angel, that's for sure. So. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I think anyone who can sing, and I think that's a beautiful way of expressing as well. So expressing yourself is just through singing. Um, and I, I find that, you know, yeah, if you can sing, why not? 
Why not? But that's not? that's actually good. Absolutely. There you go. So you're a rock star as well. So I, I will tell you were people. A rock star before. <laughs> I'll tell friends or friends and or brand new acquaintances if we sit together at a show, at a drag show, and I say, "Oh, um, if you wanted to sit with someone who didn't sing all of the songs, you're with the wrong person." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing Thank is, you. <laughs> you but you got to remember you have the voice that can back it up. It's there if it was me <laughs> and I said, "Hey guys, if you don't want to have someone sit next to you who's going to sing all the songs, I think the moment I started, they would have went, "Can we have a couple <laughs> please?" Yeah, so can we just move on? Let's just sit <laughs> on the other side and yeah, so I can't sing. It's really funny because, you know, sometimes I have these I AirPods in and I'm in the car and I'm singing along and for some reason it switches off and I hear myself and I go, what is that sound? What is that noise? <laughs> Where is that noise coming from? Oh, oh my goodness, this is horrible. So, um, you know, what is one thing that you can do, say or be to help inspire others to be like you that is so tough and I actually really struggled I I will say struggled because it's not as hard as it used to be but Mm. for a long time it was really hard to hear you're inspiring so I thought no no I'm not I'm I'm just Mm. living my life I'm I'm just living like everybody's living I'm not doing anything differently and so I am working on just embracing that and that maybe I am inspiring to people and to, to not be, I don't know, ashamed. I think we're raised maybe as women, I think more so than men that you want to be humble you want to be, mm. you know, you don't want to be too full of yourself. So that modesty is like, no, no, no. But to think, no, maybe I am pretty great. And maybe someone going through a really hard time think, okay, all right, she she has treatment in two days and yet she just hosted a drag show benefit and she's still working and doing the best she can. So if she's doing the best she can, I'll do the best I can. Yeah, and I take my hat off because that's exactly what sort of people we need in the world. And it's not because of the, you know, the journey you're going through now, it's the part of your life that you're, you know, you're living it. So, and I think, you know, and as I always say, it doesn't matter what trauma you're going through, just, you know, keep moving through it, you know, just one day at a time. All you're trying to do, I believe, is uh, just be a better version of yourself that you were yesterday. You're not trying to reinvent the world. You're not trying to, you know, fix the world. The world needs to fix one day at a time. We can't be there for everything or everyone. But that's what people need to look at. And and I think you are inspiring because, you know, not many people, I would say, know what you're going through because you're not wearing a logo, if that makes sense. You're not no. branding yourself. Look at me, poor me. Um, you know, and, and you can have your tough times and you're allowed to have your tough times. Um, you know, but you're not branding yourself as that. You're just saying, you know what, I'm going to get up, I'm going to work, I'm going to do me, I'm going to enjoy myself and I'm, yeah, I've got appointments on this day, but the next day I'm going to book something else, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and things like that. Yeah, because, you know, and, and that's something I could ask you as well because I found, believe it or not, at one stage the fear got to me before the cancer, more mm. than the cancer, and I stopped living for six months with fear. It just had me by the throat in a corner. And I remember thinking to myself, 
God forbid if I was taken off this earth any other way the last six mm-hmm. months, I lived it in such a crappy state. Um, I didn't live. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And instead of making plans, I didn't. I wouldn't make a plan from today till tomorrow. That's how much fear had control of me. Um, but, you know, if I ask the question to you, I believe, because you've already said it, I'm sure you've got day goals, week goals, yearly goals, whatever, going forward. And how important is that to have that for yourself? You know, I might surprise you that I actually don't right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think I had my big goal was writing a book because I was in it and I was so far I was so far down the road in that process that I have to finish this. I have to finish this. And so I did. And there was a little bit when it was done thinking, oh, okay. So, oh, I did that. I wrote a book. Um, Now what? And knowing that you never know from one day to the next, that I have less long-term goals, but it's more short-term. And for me, mm. that's better. Like I like to think of, you know, things to do or things to look forward to even, maybe two weeks to even a couple months in advance, but further than that. And I think COVID has made that a challenge because Mm. we've made so many plans that then this got canceled and that got canceled and we can't do this and we couldn't do that. So the idea of planning something even six months from now is like, "Mm, no, I, I would rather not. But if I Mm. plan more short-term things or have short-term goals and then and the short-term goals probably do lead to something bigger but just not making a big declaration about it yeah and I I I think that's important too like you said and and I like how you used it's not because of your journey it's because of COVID that you're not Mm. You know, and it's with everyone. Mm-hmm. It's with everyone. You know, I know, I know people who love to travel every six months who are saying to me, Grace, I ain't moving. I just don't know if I'm allowed or I can mm-hmm. get back home and things like that. Right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like having a lemonade stand and you can't have it anymore. What are you going to do with your lemonade? Got to recreate it. Do something else. Make, you know, lem- lemon palm you know, for your lips or something you know or creams with lemon in it and things like that so um your book let's plug your book so what's your book called my book is called from queens to queens how the madison drag community saved my life oh, okay and it's available because i'm gonna i'm gonna put all this for our listeners and our viewers uh the link so amazon it's available on amazon it is and it's beautiful my favorite place is to tell people to go to YDY mm-hmm, Suites mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. there there's a listing of other, so there's some local shops in Wisconsin. So if someone wants to go to a local store, I'm in a few bookstores here. And mm-hmm. then I also have some on hand that if someone wanted an autographed copy, then I can autograph it and send it to them. Beautiful. And I'll make sure that I'll have the link so people can actually reach out to you, um, you know, and, and, you know, and, and, and do that. Like I, I think I'm going to be one of the people that are going to purchase your books. I'm going to tell you now. So, uh, because I love it. it. To me, I always say this and I know it sounds to the listeners and oh, here she goes again, but it's true. The more <laughs> I, yeah, but it's the truth. I have got books from other you know, people I've interviewed on podcasts. Why? Because for me, it's how I better get to know you. You know, it's like you were, thank you for allowing me to step into your world 
and read it you know what I mean so I love that and obviously I love supporting the people who I interview as well so I'll definitely be getting that book from you um so where where else can the listeners find you online I've obviously put down those that are viewing us uh you know um you're at Jamie Sherling at at Instagram and Jamie Sherling uh, at Facebook. I know you've got other places, you know, so you've got, uh, yeah, so where else can they find you online? YDYSweets.com. So that is mm-hmm. the site that had, it was originally created for the clothing line, but now there's information about the clothing line and the book mm-hmm. and just my, that's a great way just to reach out. And then I keep it a little more professional, but for those who want, I'm also on LinkedIn, also Jamie Shirley. But you'll get to know if you follow me on different things. I'm definitely, I choose my my voice is different in different spots, depending on the audience. (laughs) I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You just got to put different masks on for different, and it's not a bad mask. It's just you know how to be and and i really like that so go to ydy.com um and you like you said you find the t-shirts you find the books and find everything else there which is amazing i've really appreciated our time here jamie is there anything else you want to say before we leave i just want to thank you for having me grace this was a wonderful chat you just made me feel so warm and welcome and la- we laughed so yeah. we can't do better than that Absolutely. And I agree. And I thank you. And as I said, you know, I um, I look forward to connecting with you, staying in contact with you, um, you know, reading your book. We can actually do another podcast if you wish to. And um, and we can discuss the book as well. So which would be great because I love to do that as well. You know, read about the person and then go back and go, oh, my God, this book. And like my husband says, I don't even know why you take it out of the wrapping because you finish it in a day. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't care because once <laughs> I get started, I just finish the whole book. And it's like, yep. If it moves it. you, it moves you. There's- Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love that. Yeah. No, thank you again. I wish you all the best in your journey through life, through your, you know, in your foundations, in your school projects, uh, in your drag queen, you know, sort of events and things like that. And like I said, I I know that I will be in contact with you and keep, you know, keep updates with what's happening in your life. And, um, And I thank you again for being on my podcast. Thank you again for having me and I wish you all of the best as well. Thank you so much. And to everyone else, thanks for listening in. And like always, I wish you so much love and light. Thank you so much for joining me. I know you could have chosen any other show to spend your time with today. And I'm really grateful and humble that you've chosen me instead. And I hope I've been able to serve you in any way. You know, I hope this will become your go-to place to help you heal, feel supported and discover yourself along your hero's journey. And if this episode helped you today, please subscribe and share it with someone you know that would benefit from this. As I've learned about my hero's journey through breast cancer, nothing we receive is for us to keep but to be shared. And I hope I can serve you further by sharing some of the tools I've learned along the way. And it's hard for me to share it all in one simple episode. So if you go to www.theangelsofgrace.me forward slash resources right now, you can find a collection of tools that might be exactly what you need to take you on your hero's journey. 
And given that I don't know if you're listening to this podcast at the start, the middle or the end of the day, I want to wish you an amazing morning, an amazing afternoon or an amazing evening. I am Grace DeAngeli and you listen to the Breast Cancer Hero's Journey podcast. Thanks again for being here. Much love and light.